Good morning, welcome to another episode of Swiss Packs. It is summertime and we are here to talk to you about all sorts of summery things. I'm Susie Lyon and I'm joined by the very photogenic Don Delco. Welcome, Don. Welcome. That is a good quality to have in a podcast. Partner is photogenic. Yes. So I'm glad I could bring that to the table. Yes, and, and that in your loud, booming voice. I'm trying to I'm trying to not be so booming and loud. Yes. Our listeners can't see it, but you are literally on the other side of the room right now. <laughs> yes. I am directly in front of a microphone. You are on the other side of the room. In the other side of the country. But uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're in America. Yes. <laughs> so we are... Um, having our summer holidays we have lots and lots of interviews that we have done in the past and we wanted to introduce you to our previous interviewee jen bruner because she did some amazing interviews with us didn't she she did she's kicking off what we call uh, our swiss pet summer series which we just came up with because we are witty, we we definitely brainstormed. We did. There was a there was a, a mood board. <laughs> yes, and uh, so Jen is the first one. And, and over these next couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, some of our favorite interviews, uh, some of the better ones we've done over our past fifty episodes. We've done fifty. Yes, we have. Cuckoo clock's excited about that one. Yeah, fifty episodes. Can you believe it, Don? I can't. But uh, so kicking things off is Jen and. So we're going to play the interview in a minute, but we also we also did a video as well. We did. Yes, I made pizza. Um, apparently, I can cook. Apparently, anyone can. I, I wouldn't have believed it before, and, and now I'm a certified uh, kitchen, uh, lover of all things kitchen. Sure. I mean, Just, I couldn't even get that out. It was like... <laughs> yeah, thank God Jen was there. Otherwise, if you're like, hey, you want to come over and eat pizza? I'd be like, uh, did you make it? Yeah. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. But now that Jen was there, she kind of guided you, and it was, it was delicious. It was delicious. So we have video, we have the interview, all of a part of our summer series, because why not? Why not? So without further ado, let's get to Jen. Yodley. All right, now joining us is Jennifer Bruner from Need Good Food. Hi, Jen. Hi, Don. How are you doing? I'm excited to have you on for a couple of reasons. Uh, Susie and I's favorite topic is food. I've heard. And you are one of our early fans. I am. So we appreciate that. We would put uh, things in the early episodes toward the end, and then you would send messages saying, you caught it? I'm like, wow, she listened all the way to the end. She's yeah. a big fan. This I is awesome. One of them was around actually decorating your Christmas tree at the end. You uh, And I was the only one that responded about how I decorated my Christmas tree at the end. So I appreciate the shout outs. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we're here for a couple of reasons. One, you're an expat. Yeah. And two, uh, you started this business called Need Good Food. Um, I want to get into the business here in a little bit, um, but first I want to talk to you about your, your kind of journey here to Switzerland. So every expat has a story, and what brought you, how did you end up here? Here in Basel? Well, actually, I ended up in Basel via um, a stent in Spain. So my first time living outside of my home country in the U.S. was I moved to Spain, um, gosh, that's been now almost 10 years ago. Wow. And, uh, that was your first time out of the country? That was my first time out of the U.S. Well, living outside of the U.S. I yeah. traveled, but um, yeah. And uh, 
I was living with my family in New York City at the time, working as an organizational psychologist in New York. My daughter had just been born. And my husband was given the opportunity to take a role in Madrid, in Spain, for a year. So I thought, wow, what a fantastic opportunity. I'll put my business on hold for a year, learn Spanish, live, immerse myself into the culture. And well, seven years later, we were still in Spain. Seven years. <laughs> seven years. So in that time, actually, I found um, I was in love with the Spanish culture and the food. And I am not a professionally trained chef. But I found so much passion in experiencing the, the food scene in Spain, outside of the US. It was the first time in my life that actually I found that you would go to a butcher for meat, a fishmonger for fish, a produce store for produce. And for me, this was such a novel concept because, you know, back in the States, we have our one-stop shopping and that's it. So I really fell in love with food scene and uh, found my way to connect through, with other expats who are away from their family and friends through food and through entertaining. And it was a fantastic way for me to meet people and become part of this expat scene in Spain um, while I was home away from home. So in that time, I taught myself how to cook. And now did you, did, before you fell in love with that food in Spain, did you cook much back in New York City, or is it the convenience of New York City yes, where you could order anything? And yes, you know, I was, uh, when we left, by the time we left New York, I was, you know, really immersed in my career and being a new mom, and um, yeah, New York is so convenient. That, <laughs> right, you, you get know, any kind of food at any hour. Any hour of the day or night, I do miss that. But um, yes, yeah, so I, there really wasn't the necessity for me to spend, I mean, I, when I met my husband, actually, we really did connect over food and that sort of, I, I, he, he likes to cook and he likes wine and pairing food and wine together, so that sort of drove me as well. But no, uh, it was that break I had in Spain where it was something so new and different and, like I said, really a way for me to connect with other people who were also outside of their home country, so whether they were friends from Sweden or England or Bolivia, it was a really cool way to come together through food. Um, so in that time, friends kept saying to me, ah, oh, you should, you know, really turn this passion of food and entertaining and, and bringing people together through food into a business instead of, you know, just a hobby. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm only going to be in Spain for a year, <laughs> seven years later. But when we moved to Basel, it was about two years ago, it was another opportunity we had through my husband's work. And uh, we decided it was time for us to yeah, make a change and we came here to Basel. It felt like more of an indefinite move for us. There was no one-year contract, there was no, you know, we'll be here for six months and then off to somewhere else. It was more of an indefinite move for us. So at that time I thought, you know, now is really the time to, to throw myself into this and take my, my love of food and bring people together through food and turn it from, you know, a hobby or into, into a business. And so that's how Need Good Food was born. So this has been, how long of a process has it been uh, from when you decided, okay, I'm going to turn this into a business to when you launched? Because you launched recently, correct? Yes, I just launched at the end of um, April this year. Um, you know, the idea had always been in my head, again, like I said, to sort of teach people and share with people my, my love of food. 
But in Switzerland, I found there was such a, a, an interest in this, and uh, I thought, you know, it's really time for me to, to settle down. So I, maybe a year after we moved here, I started the process, and then it took another year to actually go live with the, <laughs> with yeah. the, with the business. So. so let me ask you this before we get into kind of the, the business aspect. Um, the, the Spain, the food culture in Spain is, is everybody is, is aware of it, even if they haven't experienced it, right? Um, it, it has that passion, that love that they have for a lot of that food. I don't, I never, I don't really find that here in Switzerland, mm. right? Yeah. It seems like there's, it's not, it's missing here, right? And there is some great food. There's some great you know, you can't go anywhere without seeing 120 cows, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the whole farm to table thing is like it's a it's a it's a big thing here. But I feel like that's at least the locals, the Swiss pats or the expats, excuse me, um, really enjoy it. But like the locals, yeah. not quite there yet, right? I think the food identity in Spain is so strong. It's like sort of Italy or France, and we're yeah. also surrounded by you know the, even in Germany, the food identity is really strong. And um, perhaps it is because we're expats that you know living in Switzerland. I don't feel that I grew up with this. Oh, I want to go to Switzerland and eat the food. Now that's not to say there's so many wonderful and fantastic things about all the local foods that you can get here. I know you're not a fan of fondue. I've heard that. I'm coming around. Some of the delicacies in Switzerland aren't truly your favorite but yeah I think it was an adjustment for me just because um, it's not that Switzerland lacks that identity but because the identity in Spain is so strong and people are really proud of them, the food and the wine and it's just uh, it's really easy to immerse yourself in that scene and it's also um, very reasonably priced the food and the things that you can get in, in Spain and yeah so I think that also makes a difference but but yeah why as expats, I guess it's kind of nice that we all bring a little bit of our own culture here into the, the Swiss food scene and to make it our own. So you, like you mentioned earlier, it, it is a lot about the food, but it's a lot about the entertaining thing too, of a sense of community, a sense of, you know, some expats come here and they, they're lost, right? They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to meet. Um, so it seems like need good food is kind of trying to, and maybe you could say I'm completely wrong. I don't know, but you're kind of like trying to, to marry the two together. Yeah, I think, you know, so moving to Switzerland was a little bit easier for me than moving to Spain because it wasn't the first time I was outside of my, my home country. But what I found, and in fact, in the last uh, workshop that I had, I had two people here who were living in Switzerland for under six months. And they said, you know, wow, it's cool because I'm actually coming and I'm learning something about food and how to prepare food and, and um, really make easy, delicious food. But I'm also getting to know people who are in a similar experience as I am. And it was really fun to be able to sort of hear their stories and watch them interact with one another and bond over, you know, food and eating and drinking together. And, and it's really something, this, this passion that I that I want to share with people because I think food is really a uniter and I think especially in a casual environment where you're, you know, we're cooking together and it's very hands-on and interactive, people get to know one another and, and learn their individual stories through food and sort of my, brings my vision to life when I see it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good segue into kind of explaining a little bit more about Need Good Food. 
um, so when when people come to you or come to the website, I mean, what uh, what are you offering um, when it comes to to this business? To the business, yeah. Well, there are three um, components to the business. The first is the workshop series, and the primary workshop series is called "What's for Dinner." So the idea is in a small interactive setting here that you can see mm -hmm. in the Need Good Food Kitchen. We prepare and cook and then eat meals together. The idea is the, the meals that we make are help you answer the question, what's for dinner? So to help you take the stress out of what can I make on a weeknight when I don't have a lot of time, but I still want to eat healthy and something delicious. And again, like you said, we don't have that convenience of living in a city where you can have a million options at your door. So the idea is to come together and make meals together and really for me to share my knowledge on, on how I've found simple dinner solutions with um, participants in the workshop. So that's the first offering. The thing I like about that one before we get into the other two is, you know, when I first came here, I, I was responsible for the grocery shopping and cooking and stuff. And you go to the, to the store and you're just like, uh, I, was, I was lost. I was there for like three hours just wandering up and down the aisles. Yeah, that's, it's you funny know? actually. That's a conversation I had with the, in another workshop is people asked me, you know, I'm new here. Where do, you, where do you shop? Where do I find things? How can I find things from my home country? Or do you know specialty markets? And it can be really overwhelming when you come to a new country. And for example, well, for us, like even in mayonnaise, you know, or something that mm -hmm. you're used to finding in a certain section, and now it's in a, you know, in a jar, and now you find it in a tube. Just when I walked around the aisles for hours, like, you know, I don't even use that much mayonnaise, but I just wanted some mayonnaise right. I couldn't find. It's the simple things that you take for granted when you're outside of your home country. But that's fun conversation also that we have in the workshops too about sort of where to find things and how to navigate the food scene in Basel when you're new here, which can be really intimidating, especially Very intimidating, yeah. without the language. So, Okay, so then what are the other two? So then um, the second piece is a, it's a consultation, which is a weekly dinner solution package that I offer for people who are looking to, again, take the stress out of thinking about what's for dinner every night. Um, it's a personalized plan where I will meet with you for 30 minutes, free consultation, to decide what it is that you're looking for in terms of this weekly meal solution. So I have people who come to me who are experienced cooks, but they're just in a rut. They find that they're serving the same things over and over again, and maybe their friends or their family are sick of these same things over <laughs> again, and they're looking for inspiration for what to have for dinner. I also have people who are just really busy and don't have the time to think about meal planning and um, they just want some help planning and, uh, and that type of thing. And then I also have people who are, don't know how to cook really and are novices in the kitchen and they're looking for some guidance and experience to take the stress out of thinking about what's for dinner. So they're individualized packages in which I work with you to come up with a weekly meal plan. You can choose either three dinners a week or four dinners a week. And uh, we customize meal plans. We co make a shopping list together. I'll have to tell you about my shopping. I now Swiss, uh, shop exclusively in Switzerland. Really? Yes, this has been a huge thing for time saving, energy saving, money saving. It's been really like life changing. Money saving. <laughs> a lot. Okay. I promise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can ask my clients. 
And um, so we come up with these uh, weekly meal plans for you in which you have a simple shopping list. You might you pick out your perishables, so your, your meat and your produce, and then I deliver to you in-home. It's free in-home delivery in Basistat. All of the healthy sides and sauces and dips and all the, art, the, the stuff that you might not have the time and energy to make yeah. um, uh, during the week. So then I spend up to 30 minutes with you, telling you how to prepare the meals. I have recipe cards for you, walk you through everything, how to store the food safely and properly. And then that's it. You have your solution for what to have for dinner either three <laughs> or four times a week. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. And um, the last piece is a cookbook, which is uh, based on the workshop series, What's for Dinner? It's seasonally based, so we have spring, summer, autumn, winter, and it's all uh, what's for dinner solutions and recipes, tips, time-saving strategies, and so, entertaining tips. Okay. In addition to a two-year process of starting a business, I'm going to write four cookbooks. <laughs> Excuse me, it's one cookbook. <laughs> Okay. It's one cookbook that has four chapters based on seasons. Oh, sorry, one cookbook. <laughs> no, it's a... Well, you're not busy enough? No. <laughs> no, it's a one cookbook in one chapter per season. Okay. Okay. Still, that is that yeah. is incredible. Okay. Now, these, this, this, your cooking skills, uh, if you follow Jen on Instagram or meet good food on Instagram, it's impressive. Did you cook much either growing up? I, I know Spain really kind of brought that love, but was there much cooking for you previous, in previous lives? Yeah, uh, you know, food's always been something that um, has, my family and I have used to bring us together through, you know, whether or not it's birthdays. I grew up in a small town in um, the south of Florida, and both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family lived in the same town so it was huge family gatherings oh, yeah. all the time and everything was centered around food i don't remember cooking that much when uh, growing up because somebody else was always cooking and doing things but it, it was always there and yeah. um very much a part of my life in a way again of connecting with people and um so yeah it's been uh, i I didn't really teach myself to cook until I was an adult, but it's always there. That um, you mentioned that because I grew up, you know, in the Midwest, Italian American family, um, and we we didn't live in the same city as both sides. But when we did get together, it was those big celebrations, and it was always, I mean, just it was always centered around food. Food, yeah, it really was like. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, and, you know, I remember if I don't eat two plates of meatballs, my grandmother's like, what's the matter? You know, like, my cooking? You know what I mean? It's like, Are you sick? Yeah. Do you feel okay? Like, and my mom does that now, but it's still. Uh, but there is that, that you get those those warm, fuzzy feelings, right? Yeah. And and I try to do it now with my family and on a smaller scale. But, like, there is something about just, even if it's sitting down and you, you know, Show feed them some food and they bitch about well I don't like this or I don't like that yeah okay but you're still sitting there you're still right back. two minutes later my daughter's up running around but there was that like thirty seconds exactly. it was great you savor those moments though. yeah no I I think it's really important and and again also as expats we are away from our families and these big you know communities that we came from at least in my case and then yours and so it you can connect with food 
to other people going through the same experiences as you. So for example, you know, now especially it's picnic season and you we always meet other friends, expat families in the parks to barbecue and so it's a nice marriage of the culture of Switzerland mm -hmm. and you know we're doing as the Swiss are doing out in the park and but also like finding that those connections and that like through food and with other people who are away from their homes but in similar situations as yeah. you, yeah. What is the, the, the types of or styles of food people could expect from good food? I mean, it's not specifically Swiss. It's no. not, you know, it's not Spanish. It's not, what, what can they expect from? You know, there's three things I always say that describe the food that I make. The first is that it's simple. I'm a firm believer in the fact that you don't need a lot of fancy kitchen gadgets and special ingredients and to make really good and simple food. When I was first um, learning how to cook, I, I made this sort of novice mistake of I wanted to do things really elaborately and very complex, maybe to impress other people yeah. and, you know, show off that I was learning how to cook. And without fail, <laughs> it was, I was stressed out. No one was happy. You know those moments you're talking about at the dinner table, like, yeah. you know, we, we really missed out on that. So I, I believe that um, simplicity in food is really important. So when you're in the need good food kitchen, you're not going to be making these like elaborate dishes that you would in a, you know, at the Cordon Bleu. So simple. I think it's another part of my food philosophy is to cook healthy food, which you can do so easily here in Switzerland by shopping locally and really um, I think healthy and seasonal go hand in hand. Because when you're shopping locally and buying the produce and the ingredients that are here at the season, at the moment, like... I've noticed that. I mean, in the States, you can get strawberries anytime. I know. You know, like you could get... All the time, you could get whatever you want. But yes. you notice here, it's not like that. No. Sometimes you go and they don't have what you want because it's not in season. Because it's not in season. And that's also, I found, a, a way to really, like, by shopping locally, you can really reduce your costs for, you know, your weekly food budget. Because what, of the mindset of, you know, when I came from, from the U.S. even to Spain, I thought, yes, if I wanted a pumpkin, and it was <laughs> June, right. I was going to find a pumpkin, you know? And that uh, well, doesn't really work that way here so so simple healthy and seasonal and then most importantly delicious and I think delicious it goes without being said but part of that is also the experience that you have in the kitchen around the food so, totally you know totally. <laughs> when you're relaxed and you're having fun and especially in these environments that like you know we're cooking together and it's hand hand the food is more delicious because well, I don't know, like I said, I think it ties into the, the, the piece before. You're, you're relaxed. There's not a lot of stress and pressure on making the perfect dish, and you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and wine helps. And wine. <laughs> wine helps. Wine, perfect. So, Two bottles of wine, anything tastes good. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, so those are the, the types of food that you'll find here. I'm constantly experimenting with different cuisines because of my influence, uh, influence of traveling other places and, and living in, in now um, different parts of Europe. And so I'm constantly experimenting with different foods, but always with the underlying basis that it has to be simple and seasonal and local as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, then it turns out to be delicious. <laughs> Have you found, or do you, whether shopping personally, or are you able to somewhat recreate that experience in Spain where you go to a butcher to get meat, you go to, is it, is it like that here or not as prevalent as in Spain? Well, in Spain, um, 
it's interesting because you have in one large market space, at least in Madrid, you'll have the different vendors. I mean, you've been uh, to Barcelona, Barcelona recently, yeah. yes. You know, when you go in La Bocaria, yeah. uh, you have the big market. There's maybe 20 different fishmongers in a row and then 20 different like, butchers. And so it's within the confines of one market. You have so many options. Unlike you, maybe where you're going to like a, a supermarket or even an outdoor market that will have like several different produce stands. Yeah. I think it's also living in a big city, Spain, of course, in Madrid, of course, sure. is, a, is a much larger city, so there were definitely more offerings, but um, it's it, you can find that here, absolutely, it just takes a little bit of searching, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm constantly still searching for, um, you know, those secret finds, so. So what the, the process of, of starting the company as an expat in Switzerland uh, your eyes got real big there. It was, <laughs> yeah, was it intense been, to say the least? It's been a journey. I think, you know, um, so much of it for me is that my German is not so strong. And so... It's better than mine. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, um, you know, so it can be overwhelming starting a company in your home country where you speak the language and more yeah. or less you, you, know, you, you know the rules and the ins and outs. But, um, you know, here there were definitely challenges that I faced just not being able to, to navigate the language so easily. Um, so I needed a lot of support, especially, you know, making sure I registered properly. And every time I'd get a notice in the mail, you know, about like registering, say, with Social Security, for example, instead of just being able to quickly read it and say, okay, this is what I need to do, it would take me <laughs> three times as long, you know, because I'm... Um, trying to use Google Translate and my very <laughs> limited German, which is something I'm working on because I really do want to. I love Google Translate, but it's, it's not always <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it's not. So so that part of it, you know, made things a little more challenging than it would have been normally. And yeah, there's always hurdles, things that I, you know, would expect to go a little smoother than they didn't. And, but, you know, it's part of the journey and I'm really thankful to have been able to start a business here in Switzerland because um, when I first moved to Spain I wasn't able to, I, I thought about actually from the first year to the seventh year <laughs> going back into my, my previous career and it wasn't so easy without um, the permits and that type of thing mm -hmm. at the time. So now overall I can say it's been um, a relatively smooth process and definitely worth the journey. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you this as a, as a trailing spouse and you know when you make this move to a new country as and you're the trailing spouse so you come for your husband and your wife's job you know they're able to quickly just go to work throw themselves into work and do what they need to do right? Yes. What advice for someone like you who have done it now in two countries but in the second country you started your own business, right? Mm -hmm. So you've taken that training spouse to like the next level. Uh, but a lot of people struggle who are home and not sure what to do or lonely or for a number of reasons. Um, do you have any advice for, for those people who are, are the trailing spouse? Yeah, I mean, for me, what really helped is sort of throwing myself into the things that I was interested in doing. So I love to practice yoga. So I found one of the first things I did was find find a yoga studio, one that you could speak English. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, and yeah, that's another complexity of trying to do yoga <laughs> in a different language. 
And um, I like to cook. So I tried to find like-minded people through, you know, other parents. It helps having kids, honestly. The, the, the easiest thing for me... So you're saying first thing to do is get pregnant. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No. Okay. Um, but it did make things a little bit easier. It does, yeah, first, yeah, you yeah. know, because, like, you know, for example, when we first moved to Spain, I would be in the park and I would automatically gravitate towards people who I heard speaking English. Sure. Because it's like a piece of home, you know? And, uh, and so I probably went outside my comfort zone uh, more often than not. Um, with the safety of having the kids in zone. You sort of sprinting up to random English speakers being like, be my friend, you're speaking English. I may have done that. (laughs) Please um, recall the whole thing. It's true. But um, no, but I think what, you know, know, without the kids, like I said, for me, it was really finding those things that I was interested in and passionate about and not losing those just because I was in a different place, you know, so. Yeah, and it's not like, Switzerland or Spain, it's not like these, you know, third world countries or whatever. Um, There's, you'll find something you're interested in Mm -hmm. here, right? Exactly. And most often you'll find other English speakers in a place like this. I mean, everybody has different experiences, but yeah, your idea of just going out there, finding things you like to do and just going, throwing yourself out there. It's hard for some people, I understand, to, to throw yourself out there. But it makes a huge difference. It does. Um, you know, and like I said, in several of the last workshops I had, I, there were people who were not from Switzerland. I, I have had um, a few Swiss people, but it was a great way for them to connect with other people. These were obviously people who were interested in food and mm-hmm. learning more about food. But, you know, I can, you can see, like, just connections being made. And it just sort of makes things a little bit easier when you know you have a community of like-minded people, no matter what your interests are, yeah. that you can connect with them. Um, it helps you integrate, I think. So it's cool that you're getting expats, but also local Swiss people as well. That's a good sign. Primarily expats, but yeah. <laughs> I think uh, in time. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so before we wrap up here, I did want to kind of touch on this because Susie and I didn't talk about it in the, in the other earlier in the podcast, but you know, recently, and we're doing a food podcast, so Anthony Bourdain died recently, and it happened very close to Switzerland, very close to Basel, about 45 minutes from here. Um, I noticed, I saw something that, that you posted over the weekend, um, you know, that he seemed to be a pretty big influence on you and, and your love of food. Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, what, what Anthony Bourdain, like his, what he did, you know, his style, his, just being who he was, how he's inspired you. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain, I think, to me and so many other people, allowed me to see places and experience things through food specifically Mm -hmm. that I might not otherwise be able to see and experience through his shows, through his travels. Um, I think he said once that one time in our life we should always share a meal, you should at least try to share a meal with a stranger. And um, he had this way of sort of stepping into your home through the TV or through the novels that you read, the books that you read that made you feel that he was your friend and you wanted to take a journey with him to Beijing to and try new foods and um, experience life in ways that were, again, outside of your, your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think he had this ability that, as I said, is really in line with my whole philosophy of food, 
but to bring people together through food and through eating things you wouldn't necessarily eat or trying things and just stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, connecting through food. And uh, I think you will be sorely missed. Yeah. Because that, there's, that's really a gift that not, not everybody has, you know? No. And how he, you know, ever since moving here, the, as much as we travel, like how he kind of approached new cities was very inspirational to me. Mm-hmm. Like it just, you know, watching how he did it, you know, there's the whole production value behind it. But at its core, the type of guy that he purported to be, at least on air, it was it was inspiring for me and a lot of people. It was really cool. It was yeah. really cool. And so I saw that you did some cooking and stuff in, in honor of him. It's I, was, cool. uh, I, I, we, I told the kids we were going to make something that we'd never made before. So we tried some Szechuan dishes at home. Okay. And uh, we're going to really just live today to the fullest and uh, step outside of our comfort zones. And that was our tribute to Anthony Bourdain. That's awesome. So <laughs> tell people how they could you know where to find eating good food and um you know how to get in touch with you most <laughs> so importantly you can you can visit my website at www.need k-n-e-a-d good dot ch need is interesting right because for us in english um need k-n-e-a-d mm-hmm. is what we do um with flour to mold it into dough so by stretching and pulling and uh, forming it into a, a solid mass and this has also been part of my journey uh, you know okay. i've been stretched and pulled outside <laughs> of my comfort zone now for the last 10 years um so that's that's and i believe we all need good food so it's need good k-n-e-a-d dot c-h is the website. You can also email me at info at need, K-N-E-A-D, good.ch. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at needgoodfood. Um, I would highly recommend the Instagram page. I mean, there are some <laughs> awesome food pictures on there, yeah, for sure. thank you. I'm uh, trying to post my journey through food and the some of the workshops I post on there and just keep everybody up to date on what's going on. After the end of the summer, I'm also going to have a newsletter in which I'll be sharing some of the recipes that will be in my cookbook and just giving tips on seasonal ingredients and where to find things in Switzerland and how to keep connected, as well as um, insights into the weekly dinner solution plans. So that will be um, coming out at the end of the summer. Okay, very cool. We'll put... All that stuff on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, so all that information will be there as well. And I believe the Swiss Pats listeners have a little, uh, a little treat. At the <laughs> they end here. do. So I'm hosting a What's for Dinner workshop next Thursday, 21st of June, from six to eight thirty. Um, and I would like to offer a special discount just to the fans of Swiss Pats yeah. to receive fifteen percent off. The, the workshop there's still a few spaces left so if you want to get a special promotional code email me at info at need k-n-e-a-d good dot c-h and yeah i'm happy to share with you this discount for listening to switch thoughts awesome well jen thanks for joining us Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I am starving now. <laughs> Let's cook something. Let's go cook something. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me.
Thank you, Jen. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for that interview. Yeah, it was uh, it was too bad, but we had a good time. You were there for the video, which is important. Yes. Um, so again, we urge you to go to SwissPats.com and check out uh, the video. Yes. Uh, it's on our social media channels. Uh, there's links to it. Uh, it's on YouTube. Um, as always, our cinematographer. She was not only the the director of the video, but you also started in it. Yes. And you edit it. That's yes. pretty impressive. Well, you know, some of these, uh, you know, really famous um, directors and that, you know, they got to, they got to have full control. And uh, I, I put myself um, up there with, you know, Mr. Spielberg and yes. who else? I don't know. As, Christopher uh, Nolan. I don't Martin know. Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. Oh, call, yeah. No, no, no. You got to call him Marty. Oh, yeah, Marty. That's what they do. That's what they Marty. do in the biz. We're like this. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you had some amazing uh, photography to work with in camera shots, mm -hmm. I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think you really enjoyed bossing the cameraman around. Yeah, Probably your favorite time. part about it. I might pay someone to do it next time. <laughs> All right, so as always, you can check us out at SwissPats.com, at Twitter, at SwissPatsPod, Instagram, at SwissPats, on Facebook, SwissPats.com. No, facebook.com slash SwissPats. I always do that. I always do that. Uh, so please, and always, always Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. It helps. And, and we love your reviews. We do, especially the good ones. Yeah, they help. <laughs> For Susie, I'm Don. See ya. Yummy bone, I'm